0: If you're listening to the podcast, like, and you want to do some big things in life, like you really feel like called to do some good things, and whether it's real estate, you know, flipping homes, whatever your job or business is, just get ready to face some adversity.
1: Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of thousands a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen.
0: Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. And I've been working really hard to get a professional athlete on the podcast and I've reached out to a lot of you you guys, a lot of you have tried to help, put me in touch with some people and our enrollment director, Dave Morris, was kind enough to put me in touch with the person that I have on the podcast today. We were sitting in uh, California, we were at our EOS planning session to, to move this this company, Seven Figure Flipping, into 2020, set our goals, do all these things and I just mentioned that I was struggling to to find someone to come on and share their story with you guys and he put me in touch with someone who has a Super Bowl ring. So this is not just anybody. This is somebody who played at the ultimate level in the NFL, won a Super Bowl with probably one of the elite teams right now in our recent history that you guys are going to hear about. And I'm really excited to bring him on. In fact, uh, my dad's cousin was the he- is the head coach of this team. So he doesn't know that. We haven't talked about it yet. But my dad grew up in Maryland with the head coach of the New England Patriots. Um, So, my family name is Yazvak. His family name is Belichick. My grandmother always called him the Belichicks. And my grandmother went to her grave two years ago, rooting and cheering for the New England Patriots, even against my favorite team, the Baltimore Ravens. So, um, (laughs) I'm really excited to bring him on and talk through some of these things. But ultimately, we're going to talk about success habits and what high level. Athletes and entrepreneurs need to have to be successful in this industry. And I'm really excited because I know that I'm going to learn a ton today. So I'm happy to introduce you guys to Satema Nali. Welcome, Satema. How are you doing? Bill, thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm great, uh, grateful to be here and uh, just looking forward to the podcast, man.
1: Oh, man. I'm so excited for this. We talked a little bit beforehand. Your story is amazing. I can't wait to share it with everybody. So why don't we just jump right in with kind of a quick intro about who you are, some of your background, and Um, a little bit of that, just tell your story a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, I'll just start right with the sports Brigham Young university, BYU
0: was a captain and I finished my senior year and I remember agents started to come in. So like, I'm looking to hire an agent to go to the NFL and I had sat with four different agents and I was clear that I was like, okay, I think I got the one that I'm going to hire. And then uh, the office at BU calls and they're like, hey, there's one more person that wants to meet with you. They're really, and, and Shirley, you know, that was our like football mom, she's like, I think you really need to meet with this guy. So he, I'm like, okay, cool, but you know, I'll, I'll meet with him out of courtesy and he walks in my house. Within two minutes, I knew this was the guy that I was gonna hire, uh, Don Yi and Steve Dubin, who happened to be the same agent that represents Tom Brady. And I'll never forget, right, they sat in my living room and they said, hey, we're looking for high character, high caliber, high impact guys. And I was like, okay, you know, that's, that's me. They're like, yeah, that's you. Like, so I hire them. I, I get into the NFL. And, and, like, my story is a little bit different than most, right? I'm the guy that got to the season late because of, of shoulder injuries. I was part of the New England Patriots Super Bowl team. And, and what's amazing here, here's the, one of the best parts about my story is like, I'm the guy that won a Super Bowl ring never having played in the season. <laughs> I was there running around on the sideline, practicing with the team, working out with the team. And I never had a chance to get in the game and yet I was part of the team. Like I was there, I got a ring, uh, second season comes around. I'm like, this is my year and then I get hurt. So, I, you know, I come home that season, I get ready to go back for the third season. I'm like, I'm gonna do this and i go back in the first practice i i can't even walk so i called my agents i'm like i'm done like i just knew it was done and so one of the biggest lessons from that was number one like it takes everything to get to the level and sometimes like sometimes you like just being there like that that was as far as i got and yet i i truly believe a lot of people for most people it's going to be that way in life. Like you're going to get really close. So when you're as close as you can be, you got to take advantage of being there. Like you got to suck that thing dry and get everything you can get. Cause I truly believe that people like most people like there's only, a, there's one, one's on Brady, right? There, there's one Kobe Bryant, there's one LeBron James. And but the majority of people like myself, like we can get as close as we can get. And like, that was great. It was amazing. Like, and I loved it. I was there. So I come home uh, from the Patriots, the Super Bowl championship, had a great experience up there, jumping into the mortgage industry. And uh, I'm, I'm going to make this story really simple. Um, in my heart of hearts, I always knew what I wanted to do. Like, I, I knew that. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to coach. I wanted to speak. I wanted to impact, influence, inspire people. I felt that that was my calling in life. It wasn't to go, you know, I was doing mortgages in real estate at the time. We were killing it at the time. And my heart was like, man, you're supposed to do this thing. So I started to make a move and all my businesses are tied up in real estate. And like, I, you know, I, th- I think, Billy, you would agree. Like there was a good, I don't know if you were back in real estate, but back in the day, it was, it was easy. You could print money. And I think right now we've been living in a time where you can print money right now. Like it's been really, really, really good. And when the economy collapsed in 2007, 2008, man, we, we got hammered. I mean, we got hammered, we got crushed, we got obliterated, we were decimated, like any other word you could bring up, to the point where we had um, millions of dollars of real estate, millions and millions of dollars of real estate across the country, uh, lots of cash in the bank, uh, office space, teams, leases, and employees, and we lost it all. I mean, like we lost it all, like crushed 8,000 square foot home. Then we downsized to a 6,000 square foot home, downsized to a 4,000 square foot home. And pretty soon I find myself in a 2,000 uh, in, in, a, in a 900 square foot townhome driving a car that my father-in-law bought us because our cars got repossessed, depressed, discouraged, empty every single day. Just like what in the world is going on? Like, this cannot be my life. Like, God, where are you? Like we made all, we made all this money and like, what's going on? I, I thought I did my, I thought I had arrived. I'll tell you what, um, if you are listening to the podcast, like, and you want to do some big things in life, like you really feel like called to do some good things and whether it's real estate, you know, flipping homes, mortgages, in whatever your job or business is, like just get ready to face some adversity. You're every... Great athlete, every great entrepreneur, they have faced adversity. They have faced it deep in the dark, pitch black, like no light, where they've had to walk by faith and then they've had to exercise faith and they've had to have grit and determination and commitment. And like, not those, you know, feel good words that look really good on Instagram, but I mean like from here. And I rebuilt my life. So, you know, we were on the bottom, we filed the bankruptcy. I, I, there was a time where uh, couldn't turn, we couldn't pay our bills, couldn't pay our, our light bills, our electricity, our rent. And I had one thing left that had some monetary value, and it was my Super Bowl ring. And I will not forget the day where I'm like looking up online to find a collector who I can sell my ring to. And my wife drives me to the airport. I'm gr- crying like a baby, man. I'm like, man, I mean, t- t- to get to the NFL, to get onto a team, to get into the playoffs, to get to the Super Bowl, and then to win the Super Bowl. Like, it- it's it's hard. You even see what Tom Brady said, like, I think it was 2010 or 2011. He was like, it's hard to win. He's like, we won three early on, but it's hard. Like, I don't think most of us, you know, like we live in this personal growth development world where it's just, you know, all success happens, right? This is what you do. And yet it is difficult to stay at the top because a lot of different factors and, you know, I'm I'm sharing this because when I sold my Super Bowl ring, like I, I recognized all the years and the sacrifice and the sweat and the, and the blood. Like it was like I, I gave the ring up, got some money. Uh, a short time later, we were bankrupt, just... Couldn't do it. Uh, Millions and millions and millions of dollars of real estate upside down. And and then today, right, that was 10 years ago. Today, uh, I live in Southern California. Uh, We're like 10, 15 minutes from the beach. We live in a beautiful, beautiful community. I live my dream job, my dream life. I take my kids to school daily, got my beautiful wife, my sons. I coach their flag football games. And I love my life. Like I get to coach high level, highly committed, high integrity entrepreneurs, uh, executives, business owners. I speak on stages uh, globally and I'm an author. I have my own podcast. I got, I love my life. And so here we are (laughs) and that's a little bit of the story of Satema.
1: That's awesome. So it's so much, so much to unpack there, obviously. And I want to make sure that we do over this hour that we have together basically is digging, digging into that and saying, okay, what does it take, number one, to get to the top? So I want to start there in the yep. NFL. And then how do you get to that point? Because we've been talking a lot on this podcast about adversity and and hitting the wall and hitting the ceiling and the limit or getting punched in the face and getting back up and brushing yourself off. And that resilience comes from a place in us. So what is that? So let's start with the, the kind of some of the success habits that you saw in yourself, obviously, the captain of BYU making it to the NFL. And I, I read a couple um, uh, articles about you and it sounded like there was a time where you weren't sure if you wanted to hit that level, like go to the NFL. And that was that was the plan for you. You were kind of called to do something else. It, yeah. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I read or I listened to one of your podcasts and you were talking about that. So for me, like And I think you got some advice saying, look, this is your chance to make it. And we've had a guy, an NBA player that's come and spoken at one of our events a few times. And he said the same thing. He said, this is my opportunity to make it to the NBA. I got to take it right now. And and did it to say, hey, I got there. But he was playing with Carl Malone and John Stockton. And what he saw in those guys was way different than what he was doing. He was seeing that they had these different success habits and different things that they were doing to maintain their time there. So I'm interested to hear a little bit from you about just even in college football, because only a certain number of people play college football, right? Yep. And then only even a 1% of those people or a very small subset even make it to the NFL. And then inside the NFL, there's even that next level of the people who are out there playing and are on the, in the Pro Bowl and and the, the guys, right? So, it's interesting just to hear from your standpoint and being in that world and actually living it, us all looking from the outside going, oh my gosh, like I I can never do what they do, how do they do it? So I'm interested to hear some of your success habits and then some of the things that you saw from uh, players that you worked with. You got it. So I, I'd say
0: one of the, the, the biggest habits that I formed early on that got me to another level uh, from high school into college was I was a goal setter. And like, you know, there's lots of language out there about goals are not good and it's you got to have outcome. I'm like, look, call it what, semantics, words. You got to have something that you want, like something that you want and then so that thing that you want, like you got to be so committed, like clear about it. You know you want it. It's like you visualize it. You, you dream about it. You obsess about it. And that's the, like the, the first and foremost thing. Like you have to want something more than what you currently have. Like doesn't mean that you can't be grateful and happy right now. But I was huge on like achieving. And, and so number one is it's having goals, having goals that you dream about, having goals that you write down, having goals that you see every single day. I had my goals written down in my journal, on my mirror at my home. I looked at it, I, dream- I was obsessed. I right? just like, I wanted this thing. And, you know, someone's like, well, why? And I could tell you like five different whys, ten different whys. And... The biggest thing is like, you, uh, successful people, they have goals, they have dreams, they have outcomes, they have something that they want. Another habit was, I love this early on, so the gift of not being the most athletic or the fastest or the strongest, the gift that was for me is I developed a love affair with the weight room and with working out. In other words, I had learned how to work in the gym, I, I, I developed this mindset. Okay, cool. I want this goal. I'm not as fast. I'm not as strong. These dudes are freaks. So I'm just going to outwork them, right? I'm just going to outwork these guys. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to work longer. I'm going to work smarter. And I'm going to get the edge. And by the time I got to, to BYU, in high school, I put like 30 pounds on in one of the offseasons. I, I skipped basketball that year. All I did was lift and eat. Never missed. Four days of lifting a week, eat like a horse, put on like 25, 30 pounds. And, and I remember coming back from my, my junior year. I started both ways. And I remember just having this awesome year. Well, same thing. I went to BYU, uh, retro in my freshman year, 40 pounds, and I just, of uh, just lifting. Most people, here's the thing, they think that they're working, they think that they're lifting. They think that they are training. And then they come train with me in the weight room look, I'm forty three years old today. I'm a grown man today. and I still lift. I will outwork dudes in the weight room. people think they lift. Oh, people sit at the weight room, you know do they look at their phones, they text, they look at social media. You come live with me, I'm spitting, I'm sweating everywhere. I'm, my legs are sore right now. When I train my boys, we go run like, they know they're going to come close to passing out or puking. Why? Because you have to learn how to grind. And I mean, I'm going to say, like, most people today, the reason they don't hit those higher levels, because they don't know how to work. It's come easy. They're talented. They don't know how to grind. It's one thing when you're a you know, four- or five-star athlete, come out of high school, okay, and then you get to it like camp. Even in the NFL, right? In college, you're at the top of the top. Then you get to NFL camp. Do you know how to grind? Do you know how to grind in six weeks of two a days of dog days? It's hot up in New England. It's like hundred degrees and it's 80% humidity. I mean, your legs are broken. Do you know how to embrace the suck and, and embrace the pain? So goals, learning how to work. Like, and I mean, there, there's working. And again, the greatest example is we had guys that lift weights. And I'm like, well, come lift with us. And they'll come lift with us. And they'll come train with us. And they're like, they'll never come back. Because they don't know how to hit the, you know, there's like this threshold, right? And most people, they, they, they lift and they come to the threshold of pain and they come like right here. Like I go here and then I go here. Every single, like I, I'm seeing stars. I've developed this way of lifting. Now, the same thing applies to business. Most people think they're working. No, you ain't working. you working like 20 hours 10 hours a week. If we measured how much productivity, like productive time of what I call doing NRAs, necessary required actions, you ain't doing shit. You ain't doing nothing. And, and an athlete, like, right, they will tell you. Like you can tell, you can tell a, a high level, like like this is coming out here, right? You can mm-hmm. tell a high level athlete, like, and when I say high level, I don't mean like, oh, there's the best in high school. I mean like a dude who who had the talent, honed the talent, expanded the talent and then hit thresholds that most people never ever come close to because they just, they don't want it. They don't want it bad enough. They're not clear about the goal that they want. So those are, just, I mean, I can go on and on, but for me it's like, you want something so bad that you're so, you're committed to it. You're so clear and then you, you develop this, this love affair of grind, of work, And I mean like smart work, hard work, long work. Like I'll do the freaking work. And if if a guy can do that, those two things, those two things will open up a plethora of doors, a variety of doors that most people, the, the doors will never open because they never get to that level because they never set the goals big enough. And then they never grind long and hard enough for it. like, if you can just do that, be so obsessed so hungry. like I have a son who's seven years old. Come out here on my side porch. He has some of our sandbags. He put one of our sticks in there. He does bench press with it on a skateboard. He lays on a skateboard and then he does like deadlifts and then he does pull-ups on. We have a pull-up bar. The kid's crazy. He is so hungry, and I already know. Like I'm like, dude, this kid's got greatness because he's just like, Dad, I need more. He's like, Do you want to buy a membership to my gym? I'm like, What gym? He's like, On the side of the house. I'm like, Okay. And he's like, I need more equipment too. I need to buy more stuff for my gym. That, that, that being that obsessed, most people they're just, they're so content. They're just so like, and especially I'll say here, the Orange County, everything was kind of like, good, well, the OC maybe, you know, we got Teslas everywhere, we got cars, you know, privileged kids, high school kids driving Maseratis. And I'm gonna tell my kids, I was like, look, I ain't handing you shit, man. Like you, you better be ready. Like you wanna be at the highest level you better be ready to sacrifice and give up things. You better be ready to pay a steep, steep price. And then, right, and I, I would, it's another habit. Like, do you know how to pay the price day in and day out? Do you know how to pay the price with food, with your eating, successful athletes? And these dudes eat like, they eat so good. Now, I know there's always like the Chad Johns, the Ocho Cinco's, the Reggie Bushes who can eat McDonald's. But you see, I'm talking, I remember I was in New England, right? Richard Seymour. We're rookies together. And I remember it's our second year and we're in training camp and I come back and I was out running some errands. He said, hey man, what'd you eat? I was like, oh, I had some McDonald's, man. He looked at me like, what? He's like, hey, he's like, come here, man. He points to one guy. He's like, what'd you eat for lunch? And he's like, I had some chicken and broccoli. He's like, what'd you eat for lunch? He's like, I had some fish and brown rice. He's like, what'd you eat for lunch? He's like, oh, I had some fish and vegetables. And he's like, and you had what? I was like, like two double quarter pounders. I still had, like, I was working so hard in the weight room and so hard on my football IQ. And then I'll never forget. He says, Hey man, he's like, high level, man, like we got to get the edge. And he was so calm. He's from Georgia. He played at Georgia, Georgia Bulldog. He's like, you got to get the edge. Something he's like, your food is the edge. I'll never forget that. Cause high level athletes, like we know our body is the temple, is the, is a weapon so you take care, of it. that's why, uh, you know, I'm 43, I'm still lifting and running and swimming and competing and doing things because I know this, right, this allows me to dream, It allows me to see. So that's another thing. And look, I could go on, but those are a few of the things to me, like it, those are the basics. You want something, you're willing to pay the price for it. You're willing to grind and work and study, right? Studies work. You're willing to study and, and seminars, investment, coaching, and books, and then learning from people like you, and you're willing to just... Become someone that you're not, and man, I'm telling you, don't let any of these people out there like this is my, this is me, right? I'm like, I ain't manifesting. I'm working. I'm grinding. Like you don't manifest like bicep. Like you work. You tear this thing. like like boom. It's same thing with real estate. Like you got to go find. You got to hunt. Got to be the hungriest dude in the uh, in the room. The hardest worker in the room. I love what the rocks is. Right, hardest worker in the room. I'm like, nah, man. You you second hardest worker in the room. I'm the hardest worker in the room. So those are a few of the things that, to me to get started. Uh, success habits uh, for athletes, right? And, and I mean, at the highest level, like most people just won't. And, I, and I'm okay with that because I know for me, I know what it takes to get to the highest level. And to get to the highest level, like you're going to give some things up. Like that's the, you're going to give up some time. You're going to give up some, you're going to give up a lot of things to get to the highest level.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's a lot to, you can take all of that stuff and just compare it right over to anything that we do as entrepreneurs. I mean, you know that as an entrepreneur yep. now and a business owner and, and growing and helping other entrepreneurs and business owners, it's, it, it might not be specifically what we're putting in, in our body as food, like your body is your temple for us. It's our mindset. It's what are, we, what are we listening to? What are we reading? What are we spending our time doing? Like you talked about, events, coaching. What are you investing? Are you investing in yourself? Or you sitting on the couch watching Netflix and just thinking that magically you're going to become this successful business owner and entrepreneur or other people are going to do it for you? I mean, a lot of us are driven that way. I find myself too. I, I've never hit the high level of, in, in athletics. I was a high school soccer player, played in college, but never. I, I, wanted, I, I wanted it, but like you said, I, I don't think I wanted it bad enough for that to be my, like my achievement. Like I, I, I probably had the potential to do it. But you got to have the want and desire and the need and the drive and the, it has to be your plan A with no plan B. My plan B was, I'm going to go in the military. Like I was a Navy pilot, flew helicopters and airplanes for the Navy. And Amazing. For, for me, that was, that was my thing, right? It became my thing. But even growing up, I didn't even watch Top Gun. I wasn't like the other guys that showed up at flight school. Like this is, this is all I wanted to do my entire life. And I still didn't achieve my 100% potential or above what I was possible. what, until I really saw it, I was like, I now I'm gonna own it. This is what I want. I'm gonna be the top dog. I was always fighting to be the number one person, but a lot of people are just content being who they are and where they are. And as far as I'm concerned, that's okay. Like, you can go do that, but you're not gonna reach the levels that you need to reach, like the NFL, like the the elite of the elite, like the admiral in the military where you're sticking around forever and that's your thing, or the business owner or the speaker on stage or the person who's running a billion-dollar company if that's what you want to do. So you really, like, what I boil yours down to is you've got this, you've got these goals, this, you've got to write them down. you got the want to have it. you got to want to do it. It's got to be your plan A. I don't have a plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E, and I'm just going to fall back if it doesn't work. Okay. Like, this is your thing. You're going to do it. You're going to own it. It's yours. It's mine. I'm going to dominate this thing because now you need the work ethic. So the guys that have the talent, they're just handed things and they're given this talent. These are the guys that can come in and start. Uh, yeah, I can eat McDonald's, or I'm just going to go do my thing, and and okay, I'll make it to this level. But the guys who really have the grit, the determination, the work ethic, those are the guys that need the drive. You got to be driving towards those goals and want them. And then there's a level past where you are. That's what I took from a lot of what you said. Is you you might think that you're at the the top of the of your game, you're probably just in the wrong room. Like what I found was I was in the wrong room. Like. I, I want to be the dumbest guy in the room. I want to be the person who's soaking up. I want to be the, the least educated, the, the, the lowest mindset, somebody who needs to work on myself. So, that's why I'm always kind of creating new rooms that I can go into or being around yes. people or like bringing someone like Satema on the podcast who can like challenge me and he shows me his bicep and how much he's working out. And I'm like, okay, I got it. <laughs> I went to the gym today. I am not as sore as he is because I am not putting in, I am not, I want to bench 275, 300. Like I'm at like 250 right now. I want to get to 300. I want to bench double my body weight. That's my goal. But do I really want it? Like it's, it's not necessary. it's a goal that it's there, but I'm not put, I'm not I'm not tearing myself. I'm not beating myself up. I'm not in there twice a day. I'm not doing the things that I need to do. I'm not following different workouts like I should be. I don't have a partner like Satema in the gym killing me every day. That's what I need to get there. I need a coach. I know. When I lost 35 pounds and I went from 180 pounds down to like 145, 150, it was about eating. It was a year and a half. I needed a coach. I needed someone who could hold me accountable, who could look at my pictures every week and say, you got to do this and you got to get back in the gym like you were when you were in college. I'm in better shape now than I was when I was young. I mean, it's amazing to see what's possible, but I'm still not where I want to be. But the question I'm asking myself now after listening to that is, is that really what I want? Like, do I really want to bench 300 pounds Bec- or is it just this aspirational goal that I haven't really owned and said, I'm going to do this because well, that's the problem. Well, I'll say this. So here, here's the
0: fun part, right? So we
1: have in our curriculum, we have
0: these things called 13 principles and uh, principle number four is clarity is power. Now on the surface, like you're hit. I love this conversation because at first it's like, I want that. I want it so bad. Now, the second part of the what is what we call the why, right? What and why? What do you want? Why does that matter? And as you get clear about the why, right? And you dig, why, do, why does that matter? And you keep just asking, well, why does that matter? Well, why does that matter? Well, why does that matter? You'll get to this deep why, you know, we call it Y times five and maybe it's Y times 10, but a deep why or a big why, like, like the late Jim Rohn said, the bigger the why, the easier the how. When you have a big why, a deep why, I call it holy cause, like uh, the crusade, the mission, the purpose, the holy cause is the driving force. It's easier to get committed to a holy cause, a higher purpose. So if it is like, so for me, like right, you talked about Benti 300, for me it's always been like this, I, I hated running for the longest time. I would never run like distance. Like I was like, yeah, I can't do it ever. So la- a year ago, I set a goal to go do a half marathon. And I just knew in order to go pay the steep price to transform and become someone else, I not only needed to have the what, But I needed the why, a deep why. And so the why was, why do I, I want to run a half marathon, why? Because I want to do something that I've never, that I've been afraid of. Well, why does that matter? Because I've got these blocks about running that I know there's blocks about other things. Well, why does that matter? What would that mean if I could run a half marathon? Well, I would lean up, I'd build my capacity. Well, why does that matter? Because I want my sons to know that I'm not their dad just telling them as a dad, go after your dreams. I want my sons to see and feel like daddy trains. Daddy's not only telling us to go after a dream, daddy's doing it. Why does that matter? Because I want to be a hero to my sons. Why does this all this matter? Because I want to be a light for people in the world who have, like I've, you know, brown skin, right? Polynesian. we don't run marathons. We don't run half marathons. We don't run. We eat and play the guitar and do luau's and... That was my story. So a deep why must accompany the big what. And I ran the half marathon and I was training for Spartans and I'd lost all this. And I was doing all these things. And so, you know, the reason you would pay the price, the reason you would grind is because there's a holy cause. So we'll go back to clarity's power. Real clarity is like, that's not only what I want, but it's exactly what I want. And here's why and until people can tie a why to the what that's why most people fail like i know financially and spiritually and relationally um i know with without a doubt like i know there are some things that i I want and there's a holy cause behind it so i will that therefore i will pay the price therefore i will you know figuratively speaking board a ship and cross the oceans and conquer the lands and put everything on the line for the holy cause. And, you know, I love what you said about, um, you know, a pilot with clarity. There's also a piece of like, I believe this 100% your heart will never want something that you really don't want. Like, dude, it would be cool to be 240 pounds right now. I, I really don't want that. You know what? Because I, it sounds cool, it would look cool, but it's not my heart's desire. Like I have other things that I truly want and my heart calls to that, my heart speaks to that. Like Again, another example, like I have a bunch of buddies who own boats. I, I don't what a boat. I don't care to own a boat. Like I don't want a boat. I don't care about a boat. I got buddies who fly in private jets. I don't care, that's not my gig, it's not my jam. Therefore, I know that's not my goal. But I do like flying a certain way with my family. I do like traveling a certain way. So. You can see other people and their goals, but each person, like you, whoever is listening, watching the podcast, trust your heart, trust yourself. I know everyone has dreams and desires that you think about, keeps you up at night. You wake up thinking about it. Like your heart calls you to it. You yearn for it, even subconsciously. And as you were saying, Dale, uh, like the moment you just get that clarity, like, this is not only what I want, but this is exactly what I want, and this is why. I'm telling you, the price becomes an adventure. It's so fun. To, it's fun to work out, or it's fun to, to study and to learn, to go to, to seminars and to listen. It's, it becomes an adventure versus a burden, and man, that's when life becomes really fun.
1: I, t- I totally agree. You said that holy cause. I absolutely love that. We talk about the why so much in, at our events and everything that we do. And it's because that's the, that is the total pull. Like I told a story at, at Flip Hacking Live, which is our uh, real estate event. And, um, and to me, it was my kids. Just like you're saying, I want my sons to look at me the same way that I look at my dad. And I, my dad was there for the first time at this event. I told a story about him. I told everything that he was to me. And when I compared it, I, I have a Georgia Tech sweatshirt on. I went to Georgia Tech. I was, uh, after that, I went into the Navy, just like him. He was in the Navy on submarines. I was in the Navy as a pilot. After that, I went into business. I nice. found myself as an entrepreneur. He grew a, an engineering company from scratch, from our basement. I mean, it's, when I laid it all down to prepare for this presentation of, the, of finding your why and your core values, I was just shocked at what I saw in my life where it's so obvious from the outside, but for me, I got three little boys and I just want my kids to tell that story one day about me. And when there I'm, it it's it, that was it. And I said, you know what? People have always asked me, how'd you, got, how'd you get to where you got so fast? How did you build this company so quickly? How did you, How do you do the things that you do? And it's that, it's like, but it's so intangible that you don't even know that it's driving you, but it's pushing you and pushing you, pushing you till you take a second, like you said, Satema, and Ask yourself, go down levels and levels and levels. And if you get stuck asking yourself why, and it becomes, it's surface level why. You're never going to get to that really, that deep work ethic, those goals that you're never going to get past where you are if you don't really want it. And I see a lot of people that come to us and say, I want to flip houses. I want to do this. I want to wholesale. I want to grow a business. I want to do all these things. But they don't. They don't really commit to it. They don't really want to do it. And that's fine. Go to the seminars, check it out, go, come to our events, see if it's for you. That's part of it. Like you got yes. a lot of people that show up. Not everybody is going to hit that pro level. You're going to start in, uh, in high school football. Then you're going to get to college football. Then you're going to get to pro football. Then you might make it to the Pro Bowl, win Super Bowls, do those things and, and exist in the NFL for 20 years, 15 years, 10 years. Or you're going to go find your true cause and passion, that purpose, cause, and passion. And what you said is like the things that you're dreaming about that you see that the things that, that keep you up at night, you know, those are the dreams, like dr- these dreams that we have are what we should be doing and following. And that's where I got to the point. I always told people I'm going to be flying in the military until I'm not having fun flying anymore. And I find something else that I want to do yes. and I'll stay as long as, as long as I'm having fun and having a good time. And this is my thing and my passion. And then when I got married and had kids, my passion was them. And I said, okay, I got to become financially free, independent, be able to not deploy, not be gone for seven, eight months, not know what the next week's going to bring for me, not know if I'm going to get called up because something happened and not be told what to wear and what to do and be able to do whatever I want. And that was my thing. So I could be around my family. And then the next step is to make sure that you don't forget that because then we can work 40, 50, 60 hours around our passion, which becomes the job. And the activity, which is a lot of what I'm fighting right now, is now my level of success is not forgetting that my family is my why and my purpose. So, I need to make sure that I'm spending that time with them. I'm unplugging. And that's one of my biggest struggles now as an entrepreneur, which we've talked about in the past. But now we get to the point where it's this obsession. And now we become these obsessed driven people that that love the business. They love the rush. We love, I love building things as an engineer, basically, just building things up and not forgetting that I got to make sure that I'm spending the same amount of time with my true why and make sure that's my why. So same thing for you guys. If you're listening, you're at a point where you're, Hey, I'm at this crossroads. I work full time, but I want to get out of this job. I hate it. You know, that figure out how, like now, you know, you know, your why, you know, your true past. It's not going to happen overnight, but it might be, Hey, let me, let me read this book. Obviously, you're listening to this podcast, so you're taking one step towards that, right? You're saying, okay. And hopefully, like Satema's passion and my passion gives you a benchmark of how, like where you want to get to, where you want to go with your passion. And if you're not feeling like this, you'll have a business, but you're not going to hit the professional level of that business unless you're really, really driven. And sometimes you just have to ask yourself and be honest with yourself and say, hey, where am I at? What, what, do I, what do I really want to do and am I just dabbling in real estate or am I going in? Am I just dabbling in speaking and coaching and wh- whatever you might want to do or am I going all in? You got to be all in if you want to get to that level and that's, that's what I'm taking from you from the professional athlete side, from your drive and your vision and what you're doing right now. Obviously mine, it's ringing true. I feel like we're kind of like kindred spirits on opposite ends of the, the coast of the US so you're just a much bigger version. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Well, you know, you said, first of all, thanks, Bill. I I love the passion for your family. And, you know, we talk about athletes. And sometimes we're like, oh, man, these athletes. And I'm like, look, there's only so many athletes that are going to ever hit the top level because there's like there's only one Super Bowl team that's going to win every year. And there's only so many slots for all NBA players or all, you know, NHL or major league. So once you know that, like, sports is not your thing, like I knew when I retired, I was like, okay, I'm done. Then I basically said, okay, I'll, where's the top level in what I am doing? I wanna hit that top level. So it was real estate and mortgage. just, where we, we ascended to the top. And then once I got to the top, I was like, I wasn't happy, I was unfulfilled. I remember sitting in my big home, brand new cars, Christmas 2006, my son was just born, my first. And I was like, dude, I'm not happy at all. Like we got more money than we, I'm making way more money than I was in the NFL their comforts and because there was a part of my soul that was just unfulfilled. I, I knew that I was meant to do something else, not necessarily something more because there's mortgage people that that's their calling and they're so good at it and that's the, their gifts and talents. So like you said, for you, you went to the military and then you started to find the top levels and, and something that I truly believe is every, there's no bad jobs. Every job, every sport, even if you suck at it, you know I was in internet marketing in 2010 into 2011, I was horrible, but I learned about copy and I learned about marketing and I learned about headlines and email and I just learned all these things that I took and it's like, it's like a video game, right? You, you take all your coins or your energy to the next level. And I'm in an industry now where I, I love it. Like I love what I do. Like I, I love it. I if I if I hit the lotto, I've always said this. If I had if money was not a concern, I would still do this. I I would write books. I would do the pod my podcast. I'd be on. I'd speak on stages. I would work with people and coach them. I would breathe life into some people because that's that's my skill set. I'm not a doctor. My skill set's not an, and that's not not only my skill set, but that's not like my inclination. And I have clients who are surgeons. They don't speak like you and I, they're not passionate. They're like, so like cut and dry, but they're the best doctors. They'll fix, they'll cut your arm open and fix your arm up. And so, you know, we're talking about clarity and success habits, like find something that you really, again, I would say you feel called to, and there's no wrong roads. You know, so many people today, they're like, they need to have the answer. I'm like, how old are you, 31? I'm like, You're 31, like, <laughs> why are you so worried? Whatever job you take, like I love what you said, you go to real estate, you check it out, you put a a seminar, maybe you buy a course, you start down the path and you go full speed and you may get to a point where you're like, it's not my thing. And that's okay. Now for the people, you you go do something else, but for the people who that is their thing, that's when they hook up with you, Bill. That's when they're like, okay, I'm gonna link up with these guys. Because it's the same thing for me. I went down the mortgage and real estate Made great money, wasn't my thing. Went down the network marketing thing, did pretty good, wasn't my thing. Did network uh, online marketing, and then I went knock knocked doors. 2011 is how I, I came out of it. I did not want to knock doors 35 years. I did not want to go knock doors as a door-to-door salesman. Are you kidding me? And this is the very, you know, in, in our world, we, we talk about the physical, spiritual, relational, financial. Because I always knew, like, if you make money, but you lose your family or you lose your health or you lose your purpose and faith, that is failure. So, you know, we we hit the physical health, spiritual purpose or faith, relational marriage and family and the financial, your business. We look at things from a, a very holistic approach. And one of the biggest things that for us today is. Like we truly believe, I truly believe it's what we teach, it's what we coach, it's what we preach, it's what we live. A man or a woman today, it's like real success is winning in those domains. It doesn't mean you got to have a six pack, doesn't mean you got to be a billionaire. You just know if I'm hitting my outcomes for my physical health and my fitness, if I'm hitting my outcomes for my spirituality, and you, I'm, I'm watering these things every day. Mm-hmm. The date night the time with the children the blackout time blackouts where you like phone is off and you're present with your children like You're throwing the football. We play basketball in our house My wife like we're always throwing the ball every night. My boys are blocking it in the house, right? Because it's just what we have this game We got our, my son's weight room here to the side like we got their games today at three like I truly like preach this if you are not winning in your home and you're not winning with your body all the money you make is pointless. It's like one of my favorite quotes, right? No success outside of the home can compensate for failure in the home uh, by a man by the name of David O. McKay. And so we just take a very holistic approach to success. And again, for the for the, the people who feel called to go make billions and lose their family, it, yes, good for you. But for the men and women who are like, no, I, I want to be physically fit and be a steward of my body. I want to have purpose and spiritual body. I want to have a marriage that's awesome and relationship with my children. That's amazing. And yes, I want to have a business that funds and supports all this to us. That's success.
1: A hundred percent agree. I couldn't say it more. We just talked about a 2020 goal setting. I did a podcast on goal setting with my good friend, Becca, and she created a worksheet for our members and we actually shared it to, to, the whole community instead of just our mastermind members. And it talks about the seven different areas of basically like a wheel of your life where you're looking at it and saying, Hey, I'm, I got a flat tire over here and I'm, I'm cause I remember I was building my business, but I was, I was getting unhealthy yeah. when I, I was walking up the stairs to get to my kids to play with them upstairs at our old house. And I was out of breath at the top of the stairs. I mean, it was embarrassing. I look at videos of me then and now, and just the difference. And, and it, it, you just, a lot of times what happens is we focus on that one thing and we lose sight of those three or four other things we, we can't keep all the plates spinning. You really got, like you said, put in the time. It doesn't mean going from two to five right away. You got to go from two to three to four. Put in the time, like you said. Put in the time. It doesn't mean like you got to have a six pack next week, but it's, hey, I'm going to eat a little bit better or I'm going to try to go to that gym or that class a couple times a week. And then I'm, I'm going to, and now you see some, you, what happened with me was I started seeing some progress. It's not overnight. It's it's like the Darren Hardy, the compound effect type thing. You gotta it's small changes over time to produce massive results. And that goes for, you know, blackout times with your phone, like you said. It's that date night with your wife. It's it's but step one is realizing that you might be weak in that spot and you're not focusing on it and you're not watching it and you're paying attention over here, and you could be. You could be a five in wealth and, um, and, and friends, but have a two in love and, and spiritual, uh, relationship with God. And now you're at a point where, Hey, it, you're so unbalanced that all the money in the world is not going to save you when your maker comes calling and, and, and your wife comes calling, you yeah. know, and you don't have a family and a relationship anymore, but you, you are the most successful business person in the world. And, uh, I think it all comes down like you were talking, and and what I was hearing in my head is I, I I think about this a lot. It's it's our journey. You talked about going up to the in the NFL and then realizing that wasn't you, and then being in the mortgage industry and getting to the top and realizing that wasn't where you wanted to be, and now where you are is your calling. And hopefully, you guys are listening to this and hearing how long it took Satema to get to this place. It wasn't a year later where he found it. It was experimenting with lots of different things that he was checking out, and same with me. I mean, I. We, we always talk about these overnight successes. They just don't exist. You don't have, nobody's an overnight success. You're, you're watering the plant, like you said. You're, you're watering that bamboo. You're, you're getting that bamboo tree for 15, 16 years, and then boom, it shoots out of the ground. And that's, everybody sees what's on the surface is, oh, this guy just, he's made, sold his company for $10 million. This is amazing. It's an overnight success. That guy was in the basement working his tail <laughs> off for 15 years that yes. you didn't see because you didn't know who he was. Yes. and. And so, it's all of our journey. And you talked about like kind of going to a course or, you know, buying a course, going to an event, doing something. Like, go check different things out. Like, you should always be exploring to try to find your, um, let's see, uh, Jim Collins in Good to Great, he calls it like the the hedgehog concept, right? Hedgehog. Like, you got to be in your hedgehog concept. Like, you have to be in the place that you should be and focusing on the area where you are. And a lot of times, it takes years to find that even in a business like this, like in yourself. So there's a lot of self-reflection and that's why I love all this self-improvement stuff like these events, these conferences, everything that we put together that I've been, I've been to lots of different conferences. I invest in myself. I travel. I go look for other people's information. I'll, I spend a lot of money on myself now and because in the beginning it was I'm gonna have a library card and I'm not gonna buy a book and I, coaching is bad. It's really expensive. No way but realizing the impact that it's made on me and even if I did spend the money and I didn't get to the place that I got right now what I would have said is, hey, I'm, I'm investing in myself and I'm betting on myself. There's no better make, uh, bet that I would make than investing in myself because I believe in myself. I know that I can do it. And if it's not for me, it wasn't wasted time. It was my journey. It was the path that I needed to take to find where I ended up. And that's it because we don't know. I, I can't look 20 years in the, down the road and see exactly where I'm going to be. But I can make small decisions and course corrections along the way to see how things are going and evaluate it. That's what I love. It, it, a lot of what you talked about is kind of like this this Frankenstein of the you took talk, so talking about taking the coins and then investing them into another industry or taking like you don't lose the information and the knowledge that you gain over time. All that experience is just helping you along the way. Becca on that podcast that I did with her, she talked about wholesaling houses, flipping houses, and finding that she loves marketing. And now she works full time for the company, shut the business down, and she's happier than ever because she's in her hedgehog concept. She is in the place that she needs to be doing the things that she wants to do that she loves. And that's taking care of all of you. If you're in our mastermind groups, that's what she, her job. When I said, Hey, this, she said, Hey, I'm considering doing something else. I said, what if I could tell you that you could love on all of our members, just send them things, take care of them, answer questions and just develop the members and just get them excited, like sell them on their dreams that they should have and just help them along the way. Just come up alongside of them and take them with you. And she's like, Oh my God, that would be my dream job. I said, all right, well, here, here, here it is. Do you want it? And jumped in it, it with like an hour. She was like, done. I'm, I'm in. What do I do? And this is when you, it took a path of being inside of our seven figure flipping mastermind group for three years, struggling, having problems, having issues, win, winning, losing, having all these different things to realize, hey, I found myself. I found what, my calling. I found what I want to do. And if it, she wasn't going to do it here, she's going to do it somewhere else. So I'm glad we have her. And I think that's it. Like the journey that we go on to get to where we are. We forget about that a lot of time because we're looking for that like instant gratification right now. I want solutions right now. I want the six pack now. I want my things. I want to be successful now. And we're not willing to put in the, the time, set the goals, put in the work ethic and get past. It takes a while to get past the level that you're at to bust through that and kind of outgrow your, your skin, right? So I got a question for you before we kind of wrap it up. Number one, I love the word clarity. I have, I, I kind of pick a word every year myself. And uh, some people do that. I think it's becoming a lot more popular now. But my word for this year is clarity. Like I I just took over this company. I have another business, a real estate business that I run that I work in a couple hours a week. I still fly for the Navy part-time as a reservist. I've got three little boys. I've got so much stuff going on and I just need clarity, uh, the direction of where I'm going to go this year. So my focus is saying no to a lot of things and saying yes to the things that really matter to me and being like really clear on the future of my family and my businesses to where, where I want to go. So that's the most important thing for me. And um, the, there's something about the military that just kind of, I can't let go of. It just keeps me there. It's this, uh, I don't know what it is and I can't put my finger on it, but I have a hard time hanging up the pajamas and I get to go fly. I'm actually leaving in two days to go fly down in Pensacola. So, um, but the question I have for you is, I feel like a lot of what you talked about, and I feel it too, And I'm interested to hear your take on how, like what you think about this, but we get to the top of a mountain, right? You get to the NFL and you get to the top of your mortgage industry and then you get to the top of this industry. Like, do you ever feel like every time you get to the top of the mountain, you look out and you see another peak that's a little bit higher and you want to go over and climb that mountain and we never are really satisfied with where we are. And how do you handle that if it is an issue for you? So... yes (laughs) you know
0: what regardless of the level that you're playing at or your industry like i believe human beings there's this dual nature right there's this piece that wants to to feel achieved and accomplished and we're also wired to want to continue to accomplish and achieve so you know even at the end of an nfl season or, or a college season or of a a business quarter, right, where you're like, oh, we just crushed it with business. I always tell people, look, stop, take time to reflect, celebrate, appreciate, acknowledge, and like just soak it in. Take it in, like really celebrate and acknowledge the victories and the failures. Acknowledge the price paid and look back and say, look at what we've done. And write it and and talk about it and just like acknowledge this journey and the, the peak that you just climbed on top of. And then, after you know a good rest period, and I don't mean like six months of rest, I mean like whether it's a week or two, you're gonna keep climbing. Because it's the, right, the, the phrase that I've heard so often, you're climbing a mountain that has no top. And for happiness, I truly, like principle 12 for us, is happiness is the true measure of wealth. Human beings are not happy when they are complacent when they are lazy or idle and human beings are also not happy if they never stop to appreciate and look back. So I, yes, I get there, but like, I'll get to a place where we've just crushed the year or quarter. We're like, like, you know, we just, I just did a half marathon or I did this competition. I just wrote and released a book. It's like, okay, take our breath. And then, you know, you said it like there's other peaks. I just, I look at it like, uh, principle number eight for us is the purpose of existence is eternal expansion and value creation. So there's this game of expansion, of growing, of becoming, of learning new things, of, of expanding our skill sets and our mindsets, our being, our vocabulary. My goodness, expanding the bank account, expanding our love and our capacity to love and to to listen and to hear. So yes, you know, you, and you ask, how do you do that? I, it's just for me I, I keep it simple when I am grinding and my head's down and I'm working like it's that old cliche like enjoy and embrace the moment of the journey like you gotta love the journey and you gotta love the times when you lose where like on football right you get hit and snot comes out of your nose and you get an injury you gotta embrace those times because that that's part of the journey and then when you've uh, accomplished, when you, you know, look back and you appreciate, just be grateful. Like if, if you can have gratitude along the whole path, it makes such a difference. And then when you see the next speaker, as you said, like we're all about expansion, right? The purpose of existence is that never ending expansion, eternal expansion. And then value creation means as we grow and as we climb, we help people along the way, or we go back and help people up. Like we we inspire, we speak, and we create podcasts and books and works and things that can, we can make a difference for other generations. So grow yourself, turn around and serve other people. And if you'll do that, it's, just, it's, it's, it's human nature to just love to grow and love to achieve and accomplish. No and if you can just be grateful, again, I'll say this again, be grateful for where you are while you are going to where the places where you wanna be. And, and, and don't fall into the trap of, well, when I get there, then I'll be happy. No, 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 you be happy now. As bad as it may suck, if you're in a darkness or you're in a chasm or a dip, just be grateful. It just makes the journey that much sweeter. And when you do get there, like you'll appreciate that just as much as you it being where you're at.
1: Yeah, I think it's that appreciation side of things and really being grateful for everything that you do have when you have it. We talk about like tithing and giving a lot. And if you don't give now, when you don't have any money, you're not gonna give when you have money. And if you're not happy now, where you are, where your feet are, you might not be happy when you get there. And you're just going to be constantly chasing a carrot that is unhappiness. Something else could be going on in that. And I think there's one thing in my mind that when you, when you, when you were talking and and telling us like something occurred to me that I think could be the answer to this is if I'm really on the mountain that I should be on, you said there's no top. So That might be the answer if you're if you're on a mountain and you get to the top and you're looking at another mountain, the mountain you're climbing just might number one might might not be high enough, or it might not be the one you're supposed to be on. And that made me, as you were talking, I'm just kind of reflecting on some of the times that I've changed, and either I've hit my limit, I've hit the place that I wanted to get to, I've something else has come up, Uh, another mountain has been more exciting. It's had some like blueberries on it or something that I wanted to go (laughs) check out, right? But I I think it's it could be true when you're truly in your your you're where you need to be the place that you absolutely love and maybe the reason you're looking around is just because you don't love where you are and I think your mountain it sounds like the one that you're on right now you're just keep there's the next there's the next keep climbing keep climbing was what kind of triggered me but I don't feel like I I can even see the top of the mountain that I'm on right now with this seven figure flipping group and and the impact that we can make and improve other people's lives and stuff and i 'm really finding something here that i didn 't even know existed in myself that I love, so it's it 's continuing to push me and i don 't see a top on this mountain, which could be the place that we 're supposed to be well I'll, I'll I love what you said
0: because you know bill it, I believe that some of the mountain peaks or some of the mountains that you need to climb, you never see them until you get to the top of the current mountain. That was me with mortgages i I got to the top of where we were in mortgage and real estate. And I was like, okay, cool. And then it was like, oh, I see a mountain over there. So I'd go to that one. And I just, I, the point is to keep climbing and to keep growing. And then uh, again, you never, ever have some opportunities until you dominate your current space, until you really ascend from where you are or where you, you start from where you are. And I see people, I remember when, a good example, I was in the door-to-door industry, right? I was three summers in, we had done really well, very fortunate, very blessed, worked hard. And I wanted to come start doing this. And my manager asked him the question. He, he said, Satema, are you, you sure you, you think you're going to a, like a, a greener grass? I'm like, oh, no. I'm, like, I'm not leaving this, this steep mountain to go to an east. I'm just leaving the steep mountain to go to a steeper mountain, a harder mountain. And that's the mountain I need to be on. And it was a great conversation because he was like, a lot of guys leave the door-to-door industry because it's just hard. I'm like, dude, everything's hard. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose my heart, which falls in line with my passion. And I, I'll say this as the last thing I'll share here, because um, I know where time is wrapping. Very spiritual for me is if a man or woman will listen, like really listen. Uh, I'm a man who believes in a God. I believe in God. I believe God. Um, I believe there's a God in heaven who, who knows us who knows our path, and he's not just going to give it to us on a silver platter. Like, we got to work our butts off. Like, we got to grind. We got to, right, faith without works is dead. So, and I think it's like, you better put in all the work. You better work like it depends on you. And if people will listen, like really listen, I believe God speaks to people um, a lot more than people want to acknowledge. And a lot more than people want to give him credit for, but you know, in my life, being here where we're at, like God has led us. He has led me. He has guided me. Every business decision, he's like my business partner, and and I get emotional about it because I'm like, man, there's a piece that it's not talked about often in the business world. But you know, I just say like, if you, if you just listen, like really listen to that the way the voice speaks to you, the way God speaks to you, or the universe, however you call it, or it, it him or her. I, I know that. You'll never be led wrong, so you listen. If there's no like inside of revelation or, or direction, then you got to choose and move. And, you, and the more you move, the more the answers come. It's one of, like one of my friends says: that "The map always appears when the car is in motion, or the answers to prayers are received not when you're on your knees praying or you're in your places of worship, but it's when you're in action and you're listening." So. That's what I wanted to share. I just know that you know, I'm, I am where I'm supposed to be. And it's not always easy, it's hard at times. Cause there's sometimes I see, like you said, oh look, that looks better over there. I don't want to do this anymore. And that's just shiny objects. Sometimes it's just boredom. Sometimes it's like, I don't want to go be the best. I'd rather just let me go start again. Cause it's easier to go from bad to good than it is from good to great. And it's very difficult to go from great to excellent. So that's why people start all over. Cause it's always easier to go from the bottom here quickly. When you get hired higher, higher in your industry, like Tom Brady, it's like six suit. Like it's hard to go to another level when you're at the top. So that's why you got to stay humble and stay hungry, and uh, just keep keep the basics. Of, and then again, listen like what is it telling you to do? What are you feeling you should do? And so I've seen people walk away from lots of money to go get their families right. I've seen people, you know go grind harder because they weren't really, they they weren't working like they thought they were. And I just believe that our lives are way more than about us getting material things and stuff. It's about, it's about serving other people, making a difference for people. And and that's how we become really happy.
1: Yeah. I, I love that. It's you, you hit the nail on the head. God spoke to me at a time where he put a little boy in my life that had serious issues and he just got me to slow down and that's when he really appeared in my life and it became a strong pull for me and i needed to listen at that time and as we were going through that i could have i could have fought it i could have pushed him away why did he do this to us why did he why do we have to be in the hospital having all these surgeries and everything and instead i said what is he trying to tell me what are the things that i need to change in my life and do and what is this little boy telling me and every time he looks at me i look at him and he's got he's got the hardest he He's got circumstances that are way more challenging than any of us, and he's the happiest little kid in the world. Yeah. And to me, it's it was just a time that I'm so glad that I took this and I used it as power instead of pain, and it fueled me to continue to go. And I, I was, you, you know, you talked about God a couple of times on, on the podcast. I know you're a, a man of faith, obviously, and you mentioned those green pastures. And right when you said green pasture, it just took me to to the Bible of you have to go through the Brown to get to the green. So yeah. it's, it's the mid bar. You've got to go through this. You've got to go. You're not just going from green pasture right to the green pasture right next to it. So all of us, it's this journey. It's this path. you are going through the Brown through the desolate nature of, I mean, if you look at the pictures of what it was like it, uh, uh, over there at that time, it's just these small a patch of grass. It's not a green patch of grass. It's this little, tiny, like they're moving these, these animals from patch of green grass and it could be months before they find the next patch of grass. And for us, it's years and years and years in this business. And it can take a long time. Like we've kept coming back to on this podcast of you're not, you might not find that thing right away. And you have to go through the brown, you have to go through the hard times. You had to go through some really, really brown times. Yeah. To to get to your green pasture right now, black, black man, pitch black, burnt down. <laughs> yes, yeah, and it's it is just uh, uh, people will could look at you and say, oh, this guy's got it all. He's got it made, right? We don't wear this stuff on our sleeve. We don't wear all the problems and the issues and all everything that we have going on. And that's why I love the fact that we get vulnerable on here. We can talk through a lot of the stuff. We can uh, we can share our stories, and hopefully, you guys take them and say, okay how can I use this in my life? Like what is, what's relevant here for me? Where are you right now? Are you in the brown? Are you in the green? Are you on the top of a mountain looking at another mountain? Are you at the middle of the mountain not being able to see the top because you love what you're doing? All of this stuff is going to apply to you. You're in a place and each and every one of you are different. You're unique. You have your own things going on. And hopefully you took some stuff from Satema today because honestly, this is one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. This is amazing stuff. I, I'm going to go back and listen to this in the gym while I'm putting up 250 tomorrow going, <laughs> I, I'm going to make it 260. And, uh, and it's going to drive me. It's going to fuel me for, to, to expand my mind, to expand my things. I'm going, to go, I'm going to walk out of my office right now. I'm going to give my wife a hug and a kiss. And I'm going to say, hey, we need to go out on a date tonight. Because I'm gonna t- I'm gonna get that from that three to that four or that four to that five. And I'm gonna make sure that I am constantly taking stock of where my feet are, what's happening in my life right now and make sure that I'm happy where I am and I wanna go where the direction that the company's going and the vision's going and that's what I wanna be. And I'm in my zone, right? We're in our, oh man, I love this stuff. This is awesome. I mean, we're gonna talk to you for another couple hours, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, okay, so how can, uh, obviously... Everybody that's listening is going to want to find out more about you. They're going to want to uh, talk with you. So what's the best way? I, I don't want them to just like bombard you or anything. Yeah, but you got what's, it. What's the best way for them to find you? Obviously you have a podcast and a couple so other things. So.
0: I just, just, you just go to my site, uh, setemangali.com, S-E-T-E-M-A-G-A-L-I.com. You can connect with me on my site, uh, Instagram or Facebook. I do have a podcast You know, we have programs and, uh, but I always tell people, look, I've got a couple books. You can, you can buy one of the books. You can listen to the podcast. And if any one of the messages resonates right, you'll, you'll hit our funnels where we'll tell you to put your email in, watch something and apply and, and go from there. And, and until then, it, it, until you become one of our clients that way, just enjoy the podcast. And I'd say this is, you know, go, go share this with someone who needs to hear it and then go make it like, go live, go live what you're getting, right? listening to this if you don't go live something if you don't go change something it's almost like a waste of time like you're wasting time so here's something get a distinction get a principle get a nugget and then just just make one small simple change just one step just like i love what you said you're gonna go date your wife um you know in our world like date night's non-negotiable like we date every week and uh, studying and reading that all the a lot again a lot of the success habits i know that you that you talk about so i appreciate you bill Thank you for having me. I am, I'm just humbled and I'm honored to be on the podcast, to be part of uh, your client's world and your world. And Again, just so grateful. Thank you so much.
1: It was awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time. And just like he said, you can listen to this and you can go on with your day. You got two choices. Go on with your day and have enjoyed a podcast or you can do something about it. You can actually implement some of the strategies and some of the mindset tips and some of the things that we talked about here those are your two options. So uh, thanks for spending time with us. I know you guys all have a a lot of different places. It's busy right now on Facebook and Instagram and your phone and all these different places and tons of podcasts out there. So I really appreciate you guys listening to us here on the 7 Figure Flipping Podcast. If you like what we've done, leave us a rating and review and we'll see you next time. I really appreciate it. Satema. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast with Bill Ellen. If you want to grow and scale your house flipping or wholesaling business, check out more insider tips and strategies from the nation's most successful real estate investors at sevenfigureflipping.com.